This week's podcast proudly brought to you by Kent Cartridge. See, I made the mistake of buying the cheapest shot shells I could find when I first started duck hunting, and I would literally I'd watch feathers fly off of birds as they gave me a middle finger and flew off unscathed. That's when I switched over to Kent, and I was bartending and waiting tables at the time in college, and money was tight, but Kent offered me a great product at a fair price, and I've never looked back. Of course, now we have uh, Fast Deal 2.0. They just released Fast Deal Plus for this upcoming season, and with Dove season on the horizon, we've got Steel Dove, and then Teal Steel for early teal season. Whatever your shotgunning needs are for this fall, Kent has you covered. You can find all of their products at Kent Cartridge. Com. This week's show brought to you by Ducks Unlimited, an organization that I've been plugged into for, gosh, over 15 years now. From the Alaskan wilderness to the Atlantic Flyway, across America's Great Plains, and down the Mississippi Delta, Ducks Unlimited has been leading the way in wetlands conservation since 1937. The DU family has ensured the protection of over 16 million acres of waterfowl habitat. Think about that. So, come join us. You too can carry on DU's conservation legacy. Visit ducks.org to find your local event and join our volunteer team, Ducks Unlimited, the world's leader in wetlands conservation. Cowboys ain't supposed to cry. That must have been a lie. On the day we laid you down, I wiped a million tears aside. I can't believe you're gone. Don't wanna say so. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Cable Smith, welcome everybody into episode 710 of SCI's Lone Star Outdoors Show presented by Mossberg Firearms. Thank you so much for being here today. It's a pleasure, a treat, an honor to be here talking hunting, fishing, the great outdoors, and all that implies with you fine folks. So thanks for dropping by. We've got a good one lined up for you today, and I don't want to waste any time, so. You know what to do by now. Pull up that stool a little closer to the old campfire. Pour yourself another cup of that Black Rifle coffee out of Granddaddy's beat-up old Stanley Thermos because we are ready to rock and roll. And joining us uh, momentarily will be Henry Guy Smith. Uh, the boy and I went down to South Texas this past weekend, and uh, he managed to find a little success on a late-season whitetail. Uh, so we'll get Henry in here as uh, he's he started to experience something as he gets older that he didn't feel as much on, let's say, the first handful of animals he shot. So uh, we'll get him to uh, explain that. And uh, and then we're going to check in with passionate waterfowler Josh Graves. And that discussion will center on this weird place where duck hunting and deer hunting converge like Normally they wouldn't, right? But uh, this duck that was affectionately named Casper became Josh's obsession, just like you or I would get obsessed with a big whitetail. Yeah, so anyway, uh, this duck kept him up at night. It was literally the only thing that he thought about for the better part of at least a week. And so we'll, uh, we'll hear how he was ultimately able to get his hands on a, this incredible duck. I've never seen anything like it, uh, but we'll leave it at that because uh, I want Josh to explain exactly what Casper was and uh, how he went about hunting him. 
And then being from the Outer Banks, essentially, of North Carolina, I'm sure we'll we'll get a, a feel for East Coast waterfowling uh, culture as well. So looking forward to visiting with Josh here in just a little bit. Uh, that's what's on the docket for today. Uh, let's do a quick giveaway. Since we're going to be talking waterfowl, uh, and Ken Cartridge has decided to pony up another case of shot shells, how about a case of Fast Steel 2.0? That's right. That's a lot of shells, by the way. And if you've seen the price of, uh, well, of all ammunition these days, uh, that's a hell of a giveaway. So thanks to Kent. Just uh, email the word Casper. That's Casper to Lone Star Outdoors Show at gmail.com. And you are entered into today's giveaway. Coming up next, we'll see just how uncomfortable Henry gets when we put a microphone in his face right here on the Lone Star Outdoor Show. Seagulls are high in the sky. Every time I think of you, you're mine. I look at my footprints in the sand next to the Rio Grande. The Rio Grande. In the market for a compact track loader, check out the Bobcat Advantage, where Bobcat track loaders squared off against other brands in a variety of tests and challenges. Whether you're looking for performance advantages, uptime protection, or quality design, Bobcat Compact Track Loaders are the best-built machines in the industry. But don't take our word for it. Watch the videos at BobcatAdvantage.com or see Bobcat machines in person at one of our nine North Texas locations. Visit BobcatOfNorthTexas.com or call 469-586-0000 today. Blowing time keeps changing. You make your mistakes, you learn from that anger. Don't waste no time looking to find how you feel. And there ain't no mistake in that we're all taking. We're paying less for mistakes that we're making. Looking to Smith, welcome everybody back into SCI's Lone Star Outdoor Show presented by Mossberg. Thank you so much for being here. Uh, this next segment, it's always an experiment. Sometimes the kiddo is real receptive. Sometimes he is uh, totally embarrassed and checks out. Gives you one-word answers. We'll see which one we get here when Henry joins us momentarily. First, though, this segment of the show brought to you by SCI and the 2024 convention taking place January 31st through February 3rd in Music City. That's Nashville, Tennessee. I'll be there for the duration Looking forward uh, to an awesome event, the Super Bowl of hunting shows, no doubt about that. Uh, so if you're looking to book a hunt, if you're looking to vet out outfitters or just be a part of the biggest global celebration, uh, celebrating hunting on the planet, then hopefully you'll make plans to attend. For more info, head over to safariclub.org. All right. Well, joining us now, uh, traveling all the way from his bedroom to the recording studio, it is my pleasure to welcome Henry Guy Smith to the show. Thanks, Dad. <laughs> it's like pulling teeth to get you in here to say something. Is this your favorite thing to do? Yep. <laughs> lies, lies, lies. I traded him some uh, iPad time for, by getting him to come in here because he does not like doing this. How did our hunting season go? Okay. I mean, uh, well, you shot your first well, dove, right? Good, I guess. 30, 35 shells later, and you <laughs> knocked one out of the sky. It was awesome. Mm -hmm. I was, your mom and I were very proud of you. 
and uh, yeah, the whole family was there. It was super cool. And we documented, I think last spring, you shot your first turkey. Yeah. That was awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, this fall, you, your soccer schedule and then breaking your arm kind of interrupted my plans on getting you your first duck. So we went, we've only gone on a one, I guess one duck hunt together, which is sad. Usually we I make go you, on more. Yeah, we usually go on quite a few. So, and since you had a broken arm, you weren't able to shoot. Mm-hmm. But we did make a nice duck blind. Yep. That took us like a whole afternoon. <laughs> uh, you didn't get a duck. Still a little bit of time left. But you did shoot. Stop breathing in the microphone so hard. I'm not even breathing. Okay. Anyway. Oh, so when we had your buddy Judd out there, his first time to ever go deer hunting, you shot and missed a doe. Mm-hmm. Shot at a doe. Yeah. At a doe. And you were shaking. It was so cold yeah. that you were already shaking. Light was fading. And I was like, well, son, we still, we still have like a couple minutes left. In hindsight, I probably should have just told you not to shoot, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Clean miss. And I look over at you after you missed. And you're like, I missed. And I was like, I know. And you're like, I'm shaking so bad. Was it because you were cold or because you had like. Both. Little, Definitely both. Yeah. A little buck fever. Mm-hmm. We went to South Texas, where deer season is still open this past week, and uh, went down there to hunt with our buddy Chisholm at his family ranch around Ensenal. And, I mean, what were most kids doing while you were there? In school. (laughs) So did you like that part of it? Yep. And you shot a nice eight point? Mm Mm-hmm. He was not as uh, big as probably the first two bucks that you've killed, but a nice management buck. Mm -hmm. Chisholm had we'd we'd gone through trail camera pictures and like yeah you can shoot this deer shoot this deer this one had very small brow tine so he was on the hit list it was a three and a half year old and they were trying to shoot you know 150 to 165 inch six and a half year old deer this one was never gonna make that yeah so but there was a much bigger eight point uh that was on the on the hit list probably a five and a half year old buck um so Chisholm said, y'all wait till six o'clock if that deer is still out. The one we ended up shooting, you know, take him, but see if the bigger one comes out first. And he didn't come out. So at uh, 605, he probably texted and, and said, hey, just reminder, you're still green lighted for that, for that buck. And I was like, well, good, because he's dead. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we shot him with, uh, what do you, you shoot a 243 Mossberg Patriot uh, Vortex Venom yeah. 5 to 25 by 56 uh, scope. And a uh, silencer central banish 30 suppressor, which would prove to be uh, very important in this situation. What do you like about that gun? It's quiet. It's quiet? Does it kick? No. Then that was important because you actually missed shot, one. You shot right over him, right? Mm-hmm. And, I, and because it was suppressed, this is the cool thing why I love suppressors. All the deer looked up and there's him and then like five does in the Sendero and then they just went back to eating corn. Yep. And I said, get back on him, get back on him. And you're like, okay. And then you said, I can't, I can't. Because why? I was shaking too much. (laughs) So he went back, he calmed down, all the deer start feeding again. And then how did you calm yourself down? I don't know. You just take a couple deep breaths? Yeah. Like like get a grip on yourself again? Yep. And then uh, you put it on him and i was like are you good wait till he's broadside and then you actually came out of the scope you're like i'm still shaking dad i'm still shaking i can't, mm-hmm. I can't. yeah so, okay no rush we still have daylight he's not boogered up 
thank goodness. And uh, you got back on him. He said, I'm good. I said, okay. Behind the shoulder, Winnie's broadside. Boom. Nailed him, dude. <laughs> How far did he run? Like, just jumped and fell. He really did. He maybe took another step and then just did the sideways struggle. And then just tipped over. Yeah. I think it was the best shot you've ever made on a deer, yeah, honestly. definitely. We usually eat the heart, right? Yeah, but we couldn't for that one. No, it was blown up. Mm-hmm. You got a clean pass through. That was so Henry's setup. That was a 100 grain, normal whitetail, cup and core bullet. Got a clean pass through. And yeah, absolutely devastated that buck, which weighed about 180 pounds. We're super proud of you. Thanks, Dad. Thanks, Dad. I'll I'll feed you your lines, kid. Okay. <laughs> and then the next day we woke up and what did we do? We were uh, checking the traps. Yeah. So, you know, Chisholm has caught everything from coyotes to bobcats to badgers to that mountain lion that's yeah. above the fireplace mm-hmm. in the in the camp house there. So, what did we end up catching on the trap line? A coyote. And so, what do you? Why do you think we trap coyotes? Because they kill deer. Fawns mainly, Fawns right? mainly, yeah. Yeah. And turkey and bobcats kill a lot of quail. Mm-hmm. And so you understand what you just said, like why we trap predators, right? Yeah. Now that you've taken three white-tailed bucks, what do you think is next on your list? I don't know. You want to shoot like a 10-point? You want to shoot a bigger buck? Maybe, yeah. Yeah. I think one of the cool things about last year when we would go to the deer lease, we stayed in a tent. Mm-hmm. And that you celebrated your tenth birthday in, in a tent, freezing your butt off in a tent with Dad. I think we've upgraded our uh, accommodations a little bit this year. Yep, definitely. You like the camper? <laughs> yep. Yeah. Well, dude, proud of you. Great shot on your buck. Second time was a charm, mm-hmm. and uh, I appreciate you running down to South Texas with me. And then, oh, the other the cool thing we did was when we were leaving, um, Marco Barrett, who is the uh his family owns Las Raices Ranch. He invited us to come over there and see their operation, which is like a four thousand acre high fence, but they've never introduced genetics. Dude, how I mean, what were the bucks like in that place on the wall? Humongous. <laughs> That's some really awesome deer, right? Yeah. Yeah, so that was pretty cool to see their uh their trophy room. Um, Definitely. All right, buddy. Well, love you. Thanks again. Thanks. I look forward to our next hunt. Okay. <laughs> Uh, it's too bad we had to let Henry go because he seemed to really be uh, starting to warm up to the conversation there. Uh, that segment of the show brought to you by Vortex Optics and the Venom 5 to 25 by 56 rifle scope, 34 millimeter tube. It's what Henry has on that 243. I've got one on my 300 Win Mag, and I don't think you're going to find a better rifle scope for the money. Of course, it comes with Vortex's uh, lifetime transferable warranty and. If you shop over at eurooptic.com right now, they are offering 15% off uh, Vortex products. And I have a code that is uh, Lone Star 10. You combine the two, stack them. That's 25% off your Vortex order. Coming up next, we'll go deer hunting for ducks. Huh? Yeah. We'll do it right here on SCI's Lone Star Outdoor Show.
Experience a new world after dark with Armorsight's night vision and thermal optics. Precision meets adventure. Whether you're a hunter or explorer, make the night yours. Upgrade your vision now by visiting Armorsight.com for more information. Looking for a thermal hog hunt near DFW? Then Three Curl Outfitters has you covered. Offering fully guided thermal hunts just minutes south of Dallas, guide scout daily to put you on the bacon. Using thermal imaging technology to hunt feeders, crop fields, and river bottoms, you get unlimited hogs and no kill fees. Visit www.3curl.com. Also offering corporate hunts and food and lodging available by request. Book at 3curl.com or call 214-455-0940. Hey, this is Evan Felker with the Turnpike Troubadours. Thanks for listening to the Lone Star Outdoor Show. Well, the covey took wing, shotguns singing, a pointing dog down in the old logging road. And Danny got three and looked back grinning. I fumbled around and I tried to reload the country. My favorites there, that is the Bird Hunters from our friends, uh, the Turnpike Troubadours, bringing us back on SCI's Lone Star Outdoor Show, presented by Mossberg Firearms. I'm your host, Cable Smith. Thanks for dropping by today, as, man, we're about to do something way out of left field, and we're going to hunt one specific duck with our next guest, uh, Josh Graves, here in just a second. First, though, this segment is brought to you by All Seasons Feeders and the Easy Feeder, it's uh, All Seasons secondary lineup of feeders, which you still get the great All Seasons quality at a, uh, a more, let's just say, consumer-friendly price. Uh, you can actually find them at Bucky's, to be honest with you. Uh, I've got two 600-pound stand-in fills out at the Oklahoma farm right now. I uh, absolutely love them, and I think you will as well. You can find them at Bucky's or at allseasonsfeeders.com. All right, let's bring him on right now. Joining us from, I believe, North Carolina, passionate uh, hunter and waterfowler, Josh Graves. Thanks for being here, man. Thank you. Thanks for having me. My pleasure. So you are joining us from North Carolina, and I don't know anything about North Carolina's waterfowl tradition, but I know you have some dang big black bears up there. That's right. Yeah, we got some monster black bears, uh, about the same area that our waterfowl tradition is rooted in, right around the Outer Banks, you know, all the way back to the gunning days. So uh, market hunting uh-huh. is uh, on there, and big black bear, too. I, so I didn't know North Carolina was synonymous with the market hunting days. Yeah, um, all the way up the East Coast, mainly from Outer Banks, you know, all the way up into Maryland. That's uh, yeah. That's like big market hunting right in that area. Yeah, I guess I always just pictured that more like Chesapeake Bay. Uh, yeah, yeah. But that's interesting. So, okay. So, you all have a, a a really strong tradition of trying to exterminate ducks in, uh, <laughs> in North Carolina. Yeah, yeah pretty much. <laughs> yeah. Well, we've come a long way since those days, of the days of oh, yeah. uh, punt guns and uh, yeah. what were those boats called? The, 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 uh, uh, well, they were gunning boats, but yeah. um, they had the punt guns actually mounted in them. Yeah. 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 Uh, uh, but, you know, back then, I mean, there was a reason why they were, it wasn't like the buffalo where they just shot them and left them, wasted them. They actually, they shot these ducks and they, I mean, like, if you look at a menu from the famous uh, Waldorf Astoria Hotel in New York City from like the 19 and teens, like canvasback duck, redhead duck, more expensive than filet mignon. 
not even oh, kidding. Yeah. Yeah, they were high, high dollar market value was crazy on them. Yeah, and now people look at divers and they're like, I don't want to eat that. Well, you know, it's good if in 1915 they were chowing down on it and paying, it was probably like a you know two dollars or something back then. But yeah, you know, yeah, that was a yeah, lot I've, of money. Yeah, yeah, I eat some redhead. I've never, I've never killed a canvas back. That's uh, that's one of the few on the list I haven't got yet, and uh, so I haven't had a chance to eat one of them yet. But one yeah. day, hopefully. Uh, taste it's really good i actually have a, a recipe from a ducks unlimited cookbook it was uh canvas back in uh like yams candied yams oh man oh, yeah. it was really good i got that was the first canvas back i, I shot back there in the background um, but that was cool. one that i tried for like you know i wanted to shoot a pintail and a canvas back though when i first started duck hunting those were the two that i was like god i gotta you know and it would be like seasons would go by and i wouldn't shoot one yeah <laughs> yeah and you're uh, in Texas, Pintail over there. Yeah, we have quite a few. And I have a lease like west of, I'm, I'm in North Texas, and I have a lease about three hours west of here. And we have quite a few Pintails out there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I love Pintails, though. Yeah. Um, they're fun. You can see that one behind me back here. That's, uh, I actually mm -hmm. shot that one in Tennessee okay. uh, along with the Cackler Goose. That's kind of why I got them mounted together just to show off the size of how small oh, yeah. that Cackler Yeah. We have hundreds of thousands of cacklers out by lubbock in the texas panhandle there's all agriculture oh. out there yep. texas plains i mean it's just flat and there's there's geese and cranes by the hundreds of thousands out there yeah that's crazy actually um we actually saw our first sand hills for me in this area last year hmm. we had uh six in a field and then we had two that was near one of the ponds i leased and we've seen one so far this year so yeah. that's there for us over here Y'all have a season for them? No, no, okay. no season. They're delicious, by the way. They're the best tasting waterfowl yeah. out there. I, it's weird. I, they they were, were good. It was like filet mignon of the sky. You had right some? Yes, yes. Oh, nice. Yeah. Very good. It's interesting, though, that Sandhill Crane, I mean, they're migrating waterfowl. but And I don't know if this is in the Central Flyway, but in Texas – it's got to be a it's got to be a federal thing. We can shoot them with lead shot, but you have to be careful what? because yeah, you can shoot them. I, I've shot them. I've done uh, Sandhill Crane Hunt the last three uh, Novembers, and if there's no geese coming to that field, we just shoot them with lead shot, dude. And they, oh, it's I mean, I can't imagine oh, yeah. the days of duck hunting with lead shot. Yeah, no, absolutely melt them. Not as many cripples, I'll tell you that. Yeah, but if I, there's I guess... cacklers in that field, you can't use the lead shot because you you've, if your geese come. And you can't shoot them, so yeah, yeah, you have to be real careful about that. It's I weird. I'm uh, getting to shoot the tundra swan, so you shot one. Yeah, I've got one mounted. Uh, he's actually on a four by six foot, like dead mount that I that I uh, made. Man, mm -hmm. they're huge. They are huge. So tell me about that. Is that a? Do you have to draw a tag in North Carolina? Yep, yep. North Carolina's draw. Um, I think the last time I looked, it's somewhere between fifteen hundred and twenty five hundred permits they hand out a year. Um, mm -hmm. Out of state can get them too, but you can apply as a single or a party. I think it's up to like five guys. Mm -hmm. I think, and uh, five or six. So y'all can go in and apply as a party, and you all get drawn at once. And um, there's outfitters that'll you know take you. Or uh, we got lucky. Uh, one of our friends knew a. a 
guy that has like a big farm right next to Lake Madame Mesquite, right north mm-hmm. of the lake. And we called him up and we're like, hey, got a swan tag, want to come kill a swan? He says, come on. So we go up there and check his fields out and it's covered in swans. I mean, there was probably, Lord, 5,000 swans on this on this farm just trading back and forth. And uh, we got up there that next morning and we actually took goose decoys and wrapped them in white trash bags. Oh, yeah. And got in white Tyvek suits and sat down in the field and a little hoo-ha and about 30 minutes later had a big old tundra on the, on the dirt. It was pretty cool. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's weird to think of uh, a waterfowl as being a tag system, you know, it's uh yeah, but yeah, you know, that's the way they have to manage these. Uh, well, it's really, it's giving hunters opportunity to take them, you know, if the population yeah. says you can, but you know, there's, uh, there's no other species where it's like one tag for the season, limited draw. Yeah. You know? I mean, I think it's, it sucks. We can only shoot one pintail, but I always support yeah. the science, you know, like if it's, if the survey, the annual waterfowl survey says, Hey, pintail numbers are down this much, you know, cause sometimes it, in the central flyway, it fluctuates between one and two pintail this year. It's one. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Well, you'd be like up on the Atlantic coast. We can't kill, but, uh, two mallards. So. Two. Two. Yeah. Two. Yeah. I knew, I knew y'all's mallard numbers were down. I yeah. didn't realize it was two though. Yeah, it's been been four for you know since I I mean I'm third I'll be 36 in March and mm-hmm. I started I was about five or six years old for the first time and it's been four until like probably two maybe three years they dropped it to to two two birds. Mm-hmm. Do you so, get black ducks that far north? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. We get um Outer Banks is big on black ducks. Okay. Um, they. Black ducks, they, they get them all. I'm I'm like literally five ten minutes from the South Carolina line, uh-huh. so I'm right on the border. Um, thirty five forty minutes from Myrtle Beach, mm. uh, an hour inland from Wilmington Southport area on the coast. So uh, we get we get black ducks around, but Outer Banks, we we do draw hunts for permits up there, and um, and in November. You can't beat the black ducks out of your decoys, but you can't kill them till later in the season. Oh wow! <laughs> yeah. Covered you. Yeah, I've never shot a black duck. I've I've never been hunting a uh, duck hunting on the east coast, but I had a hunt with Kent Cartridge planned for um, first week of December, and when you know it, there was a big storm that hit the east coast. And I was yeah. in Mexico coos deer hunting, and I got the call from. My buddy at Kent, he's like, we're gonna have to cancel the hunt. He's like, I know it's 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 been like my bucket list number one to go to Chesapeake Bay and yep. eat crab cakes and go to the carving museums and soak up all that history and then and hopefully shoot. I wanted to shoot an old squaw, sorry, long tailed duck, but uh, long t- yeah, yeah uh, that's what that was what I really wanted to shoot. And then you know we we're gonna hopefully get into eiders and who knows what else. Okay. But yeah, it was a bummer. Got yep. canceled. I've actually two old squall here in North Carolina. Really? Yeah, that neither one of them had full color. They were both young drakes, but mm. um, no long tails. Yeah. Um, I, I saw them old squall because they didn't have long tails, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah the, I think the duck that I've seen, I didn't shoot it, uh, but my buddy did on this hunt that we typically don't get here that I would associate more with like the East Coast is we killed a, um, a golden eye. And that's very, oh, really? 
very rare for the south end of the central flyway for sure yeah we, yeah. we had to look we were like well maybe it's a golden eye we had to get on the internet and be like oh yeah that's what it is you know yeah no i never see them yeah. yeah um so how has your season been man it's been rough um you know we started out dry like everybody else so mm. beginning of the season if you had water you were killing birds um and then of course once those birds get shot a couple times they're they're moving so we went through a big stall and it just was stale as i don't know what and then we got a big rain um about well let's see it was actually right when the season came back in for us after the split which was or mm-hmm. 18th 19th okay we, we got like nine inches here at in my area nine inches in like 24 hours mm. So we went from no water to plenty of water. Um, it, it came up and it dropped quick, but it, it left water where it needed to be. And then we finally got some weather. So it, the numbers picked up and now we're kind of in a, I wouldn't really say a, another stall. Um, we just, you know, we had some mild weather and it's, it's kind of typical North Carolina. If you don't like the weather, give it five minutes and it'll change. Mm. Sounds like Texas. Yeah. Minus yeah, the summer yeah. part, I mean, it's hotter than hell all summer long, but it's yeah, very volatile yeah. the rest of the year. Um, yeah. So, what yeah. is your what are your primary species that you guys are you know make up your bag? Wood ducks. Wood ducks. Yeah, we we oh, we kill all the wood ducks you ever want. Um, that's I mean, typically that's what you're if you're hunting around here, you're you're hunting a swamp, you're after wood ducks. Um, you know, of course, hooded magansers are thick in the swamps too, but mm-hmm. um, we Tasty. get occasionally. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, just mix in with the wood ducks and, and let it be a surprise to somebody. Yeah, but. Our main thing's wood ducks. Um, we get we get some green wing teals coming through. Um, we get a few mallards, a few gadwall. You know, it's according to where you're at. Mm-hmm. You, you might get some widgeon, pintails closer to the coast and stuff. But uh, for the main part, we're we're wood ducks. Okay. Yeah, I, it's weird. They uh, they added merganser to the daily bag limit for ducks last year. Yeah. In our flyway, before that, you could shoot you know six ducks. And then I think two or three mergansers. I forget what it was. Yeah, I was uh, two mergansers. Yeah, yeah. And well, yeah. Now, now the mergansers con- considered a duck. I don't yeah. Know. But uh, they're thick out on on my deer lease. So that we have this big, big lake out there. And last year was my first year on it, and there were so many mergansers. I just named it Lake Merganser. It's not. It has a real name, but I was like, no, that's Lake Merganser. There's so many, and I don't really want to eat them. So I was like, eh, you know, I don't want to shoot them. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. crazy. You um, you go, you know, two hours north of where I'm at, and you're southern end of the Outer Banks. You go two hours south, you're in Georgetown, South Carolina, which is you know big water, and you've got plenty of pintails, widgeon, um, gadwalls, and all your divers. You know, um, not a lot of canvas backs. You'll mm-hmm. see them every once in a while. Seems like this time of year is when the redheads start coming in pretty thick around the outer banks, mm-hmm. but bluebills galore. Well, we mm-hmm. we're eat up with all the bluebills you want. And y'all can shoot two of them. You can shoot one up until I think it is what's the day the eighth. Yeah, yeah. I think today is when it swapped over, and you can start killing two bluebills now. Okay. Huh. Yeah, and it's crazy because. 
got 200 decoy in it one time and you can't give it one a person. It's... <laughs> don't shoot into the group. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's, I don't, see, I don't think we have any of that in the Central Flyway as far as like a split season for a specific species. Um, yeah. I don't, I really don't. That'd be, that'd be news to me if we did. And I'm, I'm pretty avid waterfowler. But you got to check yeah. the regs every year because, like, at the beginning of the season last year, I was like, oh, wow, now mergansers are part of the, the daily take. So, um, yeah. as far as ducks. Let's take a quick break, Josh. We'll come back, uh, continue talking waterfowling, and get into the pursuit of this duck named Casper. That segment brought to you by the brand spanking new Stealth Cam Revolver 360 degree cellular trail camera. Actually detects motion in a 360 degree circle. Insane. And then the camera lens rotates to make sure that it takes the photo where the motion was detected. This thing is ridiculous. I can't even believe trail cameras have evolved to this level. Uh, you can find it over at stealthcams.com. We'll be right back on SCI's Lone Star Outdoor Show. Some say a silenced gunshot is the baddest sound out there. At Silencer Central, we have another favorite. It's the sound of silence delivered to your front door. When you buy from Silencer Central, we handle your application, set you up with a free NFA gun trust, and deliver your silencer straight to you. With an average 90-day turnaround time when you use eForms, buying a silencer is simpler than ever. Visit silencercentral.com and we'll help you get started. Cable Smith, welcome everybody back into SCI's Lone Star Outdoor Show presented by Mossberg Firearms. This segment brought to you by NUMA Outdoors, which right now has an uh, incredible sale going on on their uh, online store, up to like 50% off select products, uh, 30% off the Palisade Puffy Jacket, Goose Down, that's what I wear when it is a little chilly out, like <laughs> the past week, right? <laughs> uh, what I'll be wearing this weekend, sitting in a... Uh, Blind, waiting for uh, hogs to come in with the thermal annual hunt I do with the uh, Missouri boys. They're coming to Seymour, Texas. But, yeah, I'll have that Palisade Puffy on. And uh, underneath that, I guarantee you, it will be the Alpha Vertex pant and jacket, which uh, I'm also a huge fan of. And I've told you guys about that, especially for the bow hunter or still hunter. Uh, it's super stealthy and quiet and also pretty dang warm. Uh, so check it out. It's uh, Numa's. Biggest sale ever. You can head over to numaoutdoors.com and take advantage of their biggest sale yet. All right. Uh, well, let's continue the conversation with Josh Graves. And Josh, you mentioned that wood ducks are the primary species you guys shoot. What is your favorite species to decoy, though? It might be wood ducks. And wood ducks are so weird. Like, we're, I've I hunted in East Texas for years and years and years, and we basically had mallards and wood ducks. That was what you were going to shoot. 
the mallards would you know circle circle and come in the wood ducks would just be right there yeah wood wood ducks for sure are um it seems like early season uh they really like the spinning wings mm-hmm. and they'll, they'll i mean we've we've been dove hunting before and had wood ducks try to land on dove mojos mm-hmm. in cornfields you know mm-hmm. um they're just fun to shoot zipping through the trees and stuff but i would probably say my favorite my favorite duck to decoy has got to be a teal mm-hmm. uh, green wing teal man I, i've just had so many memories of um oklahoma to arkansas tennessee here at the house it just seems like those big wads of green wings when they get in there and you shoot and every one of them just decide to go straight up um i don't know what oh, yeah. it is about that love it so that there's i have this very visceral memory it was the first time i ever went duck hunting by myself i think i'd gone like twice with a buddy i'm 42 and i was probably 20 when i started duck hunting and uh you know i went had a lab he was like bring your lab i was like "Eh, this dog is not like fireworks i bet he's not gonna like guns so he didn't like guns at all had to tie him to the blind but and and I think he was new to duck hunting as well. I think there was three of us. We were all terrible shots. By the grace of God, somebody finally shot a mallard. And I let that dog Maverick off of his lead. And he went and got it and brought it back and dropped it at my feet. Dog had no training. And we didn't know what we were doing. And I was like, I'm hooked. He likes it. And then he was never gun shy again. I was like, just like the switch in his, you know, in his DNA. And, uh, wow. and that was, now I'm on my, my third chocolate lab. And so immediately after that, I went out and bought decoys and was like i'm a duck hunter now you know yeah <laughs> i didn't know anything about it i bought like a dozen teal decoys and went out to lake ray roberts here in north texas and i and i had a pair of teal come in that morning i shot them both i remember the smell of the, the gunpowder i remember the uh the dog his, the the uh smoke well it's not it wasn't smoke but his breath you know in the cold air i remember yeah. feeling those teal and smelling them I don't think I have another hunting memory like that today that, you know, 20 plus years later, it still sticks out in my mind. But so, yeah, first two ducks I ever shot on my own were green wing teal. They have yeah. a special place in, in my, uh, waterfowling heart for sure. And they're delicious. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, is that, what is your favorite one to eat? I know wood ducks are really good too. Yeah. Wood, man, wood, wood ducks has got to be my favorite. I mean, they're just, uh, they're just i don't know the 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 taste um everything about them is just it's kind of hard to beat you know Mm um i I like eating teal um but it just seems like those wood ducks man they're just it's hard to beat them feeding on on those acres all the time and them swamp bottoms and they've just got good flavor good texture and they're really what's your favorite way to cook them Man, we've done all kind of things. Um, I have, uh, of course, the standard popper. Uh-huh. Um, we've done duck fajitas. Um, man, I can't. We cook them so many different ways. I would probably say either poppers or in the fajitas is because uh-huh. that's just the first two that come to my mind. That's that's probably two of my favorite ones. Right on. Uh, do you guys get many ringnecks? We do. We get we get some. Um, every once in a while, we shoot them in the beaver ponds, and mm-hmm. uh, I had some ponds before that we stacked up with about three hundred plus ringnecks in mm-hmm. it, and we have some shoots, you know. So we we get some ringnecks. We get a lot of them, and they get a bad rap about like table fare. Yeah. So a couple of weeks ago, 
shot a couple of them and uh i i did a video of uh i left the skin on right and then i just seared them in the skillet and was like yep. we'll find out if they're really that bad they weren't that bad dude there was no. perfectly edible i think people just yep. don't like taking the skin off because it's so hard to get that the ring it is. is probably the hardest duck to clean for me anyway yeah um and so i'm making this video but people like i had it off to the side i also had a teal done the same way and then when i was done eating the ring neck i was like well let's try the teal <laughs> the teal was 10 times better i'm not gonna lie <laughs> <laughs> not even gonna lie but the yeah, ring neck no. was it was edible and it wasn't it wasn't as bad i mean people make it out like it's trying to like it, oh you might as well just shoot them or ganser you know ring neck tank turds is what they call them right yeah but uh they're not that bad yeah what um what would you say is your bucket list waterfowl hunt? Man, that's a tough one. I've got I've got a couple. I really want to get a cinnamon teal. Um, mm. gotta go west. Yeah, gotta go west. I've actually got some cousins that are out in Texas, um, around Brownsville and stuff, and um, he's killed the trifecta, you know, twice where he's killed oh, yeah. green and cinnamon all in one hunt. So I'd, I'd like to get a cinnamon, but I really, really want to go to Alaska or Washington and uh, get in some harlequins. Yeah, oh, that'd be cool. Yeah, that'd you be probably fun. can get into the king eiders on that on that hunt as well. Yeah, yeah, that, that that'd be good too. I've got some some friends that go out there to Washington mm -hmm. a lot and, and and have actually been to um what is it St. John's Island? Is that where oh, they? I think that's think so yeah, I think that sounds right. Up in Alaska or wherever, uh -huh. they, that whole that's a, that's a whole two week excursion though, just to go out there and kill them there. So yeah, but uh, yeah, I'd like to go shoot blue ducks one time. That'd be fun. Blue ducks. Okay, I hadn't heard that for harlequins. Um, right on. Well, like I told you, mine was Chesapeake Bay, and that got squashed this year. So hopefully next year. Yeah. Oh yeah, hopefully. Uh, let's do this. Let's take a break, and then I want to I want to come back and and talk about this wood duck named Casper. Okay. Perfect. That segment brought to you by Armasite. Unlock the mysteries of the night with our cutting edge night vision and thermal optics. See the unseen. Explore the extraordinary. Elevate your vision today with Armasite. Gear up and embrace the night. Visit Armasite.com for more information. We'll be right back on SCI's Lone Star Outdoor Show. I'm taking my Chris Letzinger, online sales manager at Cinnamon Creek Ranch here, reminding you we're not your typical archery club. We're a one-of-a-kind archery facility with indoor and outdoor ranges, full pro shop, and six different 3D courses. Cinnamon Creek was designed by hunters for hunters. Located in Roanoke, Texas, we have over 200 3D targets to hone your archery skills. Call 817-439-8998 or visit us at cinnamoncreekranch.com to visit our new online store. That's cinnamoncreekranch.com. All sweethearts of the world are out dancing in the places where me and all my friends go to hide our faces. Avenues run one way, streets they run the same. There's an oldie but a goodie, Avenues Something from Whiskey Town, bringing us back on SCI's Lone Star Outdoors show. Cable Smith here. Thanks for dropping by. Thanks to Mossberg, as always. Um, this segment of the presentation is brought to you by John X Safaris. 
and Rustic Reminders Taxidermy. Uh, here's what you do. You join me in July, no, June, June of 2025 for the Safari of a Lifetime. And then you take all your animals over to Rustic Reminders. Uh, Josh and Becky have done four, five, five safaris. They're working on the sixth one for me. They do amazing work. Everything from African safaris to uh, fish replica mounts, ducks, deer, you name it. You can find them at gr, the number eight, mounts.com. Oh, and if you do want to be a part of that 2025 safari to South Africa, shoot me an email, lonestaroutdoorshow at gmail.com. All right. Well, let's pick it back up with waterfowler Josh Eves. Let's talk about this one specific duck you shot a few weeks ago. And I saw the picture and immediately I was like, this is, and, and then I read what you wrote. I think someone sent me the link to it and I read your post and it was like, I had to deer hunt this duck. And yeah. I was like, that is something I've never heard before. But when you have a duck like this, I mean, yeah, you're going to throw the kitchen sink at it, right? Um, oh, yeah. So w- when did you first come across this bird? So it actually happened. Um, it was Christmas afternoon. Uh-huh. So my little boy, I've got, I've got two sons. I've got one that's seven, um, just turned seven in September. My youngest boy will be two um, Valentine's Day. Mm. So uh, little boy, he's, he's, he's already killed two turkeys. He killed his first turkey at five, killed one this past year at six. And uh, he hadn't got a deer yet. Hadn't been able to capitalize on a duck. He's he shot it too, but hadn't hadn't quite you know knocked him down good. That's all right. So, my my son who was ten this season shot thirty five shots to kill his first dove. Yeah. <laughs> thirty five. Oh and, yeah, and, yeah. We have plenty. We have plenty of dove. Thankfully, um, but he's killed some deer, four or five deer, and he shot his first turkey last spring. That was yeah. the dumbest turkey in the world though, because he missed it and oh, ran off. And these turkeys in South Texas, dude, they are so stupid. He, they're not like the eastern birds you guys probably chase. It ran off. I started calling again. It turned around and came back, and he shot it. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I've seen it happen many times where you you kill one, and his friends turn around oh, yeah. and come back up on him. You know, mm-hmm. so our easterns can can get dumb too when they get the moment. Yeah. But yes, uh, trying to get him a deer and had a ground blind set up and everything, and down on the edge of the swamp. And like I said, that we got all that water so the swamp had is had this leased really, land or public land uh leased okay. leased right on. and uh so so the water had come up and it's just oak like oak bottom swamp you know big hardwoods you can see two three hundred yards through these woods and so we're sitting in the ground blind and he's over there being a typical seven-year-old you know like playing a game or looking in the leaves or something in the bottom of the ground blind and i'm just kind of gazing out through the swamp and I see something white like go by through the trees probably 150 200 yards out and I'm like what in the world you know at first I'm thinking it's a piece of trash floating by in the swamp mm-hmm. bottle something crazy but then I see it come back by and I'm like okay well I know the current's running like the way I'm looking right to left and this thing went right to left and now it's coming back left to right mm. and then I up sit up and stretch its wings like flapping its wings and i was like wait a minute so i get my binoculars and i keep looking and i see it's wood ducks and then i see this duck come and so at 150 200 yards out this bird just looks 
like solid white. Yeah. And I'm at first I'm thinking, okay, this is somebody's farm duck that's got down in the swamp. <clears throat> well, it ended up working its way up to about 80 yards and I got a good look at it and I was like, oh my goodness, this is a almost solid white wood duck. Right. And uh, I'm like, it's got to be mixed with something, like something's crazy here. So, you know, I'm like, how can I get this bird? Uh-huh. Um, so they, you know, sometimes they swim. Sometimes duck hunters shoot mandarin ducks, which are like uh, like from yeah. Asia, right? They're like, a, they yep. look similar to wood ducks, probably a close distant cousin of a wood duck. That happens every season. You guys get, you know, see guys get lucky and get a mandarin. I've never seen the, like the bird that you shot. I've never seen that before. No, yeah, no. There's been three mandarins killed um, within 20 miles of where I'm st- sitting right now uh, mm-hmm. that I love, and um, but never a duck like this. I mean, you know, you've seen the leucistic ducks where they're maybe the blonde phase or the yeah. solid white albino or or the silverwood duck. But this one was like, you know, you, you call it a deer like calico or peabald deer. Yeah. I mean, this duck was like a peabald duck. Um, so, yeah, yeah, it was, it just blowed my mind. And I was like, I, I've got to, I've got to get this bird <laughs> um, somehow, some way. So I didn't want to go down there and, and per se duck hunt down in the swamp just because mm-hmm. my little boy's trying to get him a deer. So I, came back every day and would like ease down into the swamp and just sit and look and listen and watch. And, and, and I saw him every single day um, on the other end of the property, I would see him. And at one time I got within like, let's see. So Tuesday I went, sat and watched him. He, he never come nowhere close. I think it was like, no, it was, yeah, it was Tuesday. I got within like 40 yards of him. Uh-huh. and was sneaking through the swamp, looked like a, one of those great blue herons going down a ditch bank. And I'm trying to sneak up on him, and, I, and, I, and another bird spots me, and oh, they yeah. all flood. So he didn't – him and the, the ducks he was with didn't see me. So I was like, well, I didn't scare him, so maybe he'll come back. But, of course, yeah. I'm heartbroken. You imagine walking down in the deer woods, and you spotted this buck, and you just kind of – bumped him out of the woods yeah you know good mature buck he's gonna he's gonna go somewhere and stay put for a while Mm -hmm. so i come back the next day we had actually went on a uh uh i can't remember if we went on a big goose hunt or something crazy and come back and i slid down in the swamp and sat for two and a half hours um saw him almost the entire time i was there he kept working back and forth with a hen and and there's all these other drakes that are around and he's chasing them. And so I was sitting there watching them and I'm like, man, this is, he's like a, he's like a buck in rut. Yeah. I mean, it was wild just sitting there watching these ducks and the way they interacted. And he could tell he was different. Like you could, you could see it really like he, Oh yeah. He'd jump up on a stump and he would just bow up and whistle and run everything off from around him. And it was, it was very impressive to watch. How many duck hunters out there have observed one single duck like this, uh, like deer hunting a duck, and and getting to know his personality? Like this is this is like it really is like deer hunting. Like I've never heard of it, it before was. because you just you go you, you you see you know thirty ducks on a tank or whatever name the amount. It doesn't matter. Or if you're hunting in the swamps, you know there's wood ducks. 
You just shoot the ones that you're allowed to shoot. You don't yeah. have any personal relationship with X duck. Like it's just a duck. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I'm, you're down there before, you know, before the sun comes up and yeah. the birds come in and you shoot them as soon as they get close enough or, or, you know, decoy them or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, we're even just past shooting woodies coming through swamp poles and stuff. So, I mean, there's, you know, one wood duck looks like another wood duck. Right. Until he doesn't. Uh-huh. <laughs> and he's, um, he's cause I, that day that he flushed up out of that swamp, you can imagine a thick hardwood bottom and a white, almost solid white duck. He looked, he just looked like a pillar going up through the trees. Uh-huh. It was impressive. So, yeah, I mean, it's kind of, you're never really able to pick out a single duck one from another until yeah. he's different like this. So it's almost like, you know, you're looking at a, a, a nice mature eight pointer and maybe he's got a kicker off the left hand side and you're like, okay, I, I've named this, this buck, you know, the kick buck or whatever, mm-hmm. um, you know, and you chase him. So, um, just like, uh, my, my club that I'm in, you know, we have a, a steel hunting only club and we, we've got all of our bucks named in there. We've got the rat buck and we've got a uh, little boosie, which is a little rat buck, you know, and, um you know that deer yeah when it comes to duck can't really pick them out like that but this one i could so my buddy actually was joking and nicknamed him casper and so that's where it that's where it came from that's cool yeah it was um but yeah so 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 he flushes that day and then what what you go on this goose hunt and come back and yep i come back and um i slide down in there again and, and watch him for a little while and and he never he never comes and then we actually ride down to the coast about an hour and duck hunt the next day and i sit for like another two and a half hours and i get back and my wife's like you gotta go kill this duck like that's a good wife (laughs) very very good wife especially when it comes to i had a buck like that this year he he showed up never seen this deer and he showed up the day after thanksgiving my son and his buddy and i were at the lease we hunt, yada, yada, yada. I get home. I'm looking at my trail camera pictures. I'm like, what the heck? And it was like 155-inch 11-point. And yeah. I was done deer hunting. Like I I had shot three deer, freezers full, went to Mexico, shot a coos deer. It was a good season. And I was ready to just, just like the last two months hunt ducks. And then I got a picture of this deer, and I had one tag left. And I was like, whoops, we're back to deer hunting. Yep. And, uh, you know, and day after Christmas, he – he shows back up on camera and he was pretty regular for a couple of weeks, but he's damn smart. And, uh, anyway, day after Christmas, he shows up and my wife's like, I guess you're leaving. I'm like, gotta go. She's like, go get him. <laughs> yeah. So supportive, yeah, my- but I never did get him. Our season ended yesterday and, really? uh, I was out too. I was out there. I played the wind. I, I'd sit in the pop-up. I'd sit on the ground under a mesquite tree. I'd park the truck in a different place. I'd walk in from different places he, I mean, for whatever reason, he always knew does would come in. I had does walk 10 feet in front of me. I'm sitting on, on the ground by a mesquite tree. They have no idea. Wind is good. Yeah. So, so the funny thing is, is that day after the season, he's there in broad daylight. He hadn't, been, he'd been there at like seven 15. The feeder goes off at seven 15. He's there at seven 15 waiting for the feeder to go off. And then he's there for like three minutes and he leaves. And now that the season's over, he's just hanging out in broad daylight for an hour. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. My life was the same way you see see this deer here. Uh-huh. I shot that one when I was uh I was thirteen. I think he scored like one twenty six, one twenty seven. 
Yeah. Um, which for Southeast North Carolina is pretty, pretty good deer around sure. here. I mean, a trophy Inside. dude is all relative to where you're hunting, okay. you know, for sure. Absolutely. Uh, especially yeah. when you're 13 years old. I mean, Absolutely. you know, you're, you're pretty excited. Yeah. Um, but I haven't had a nice deer like that on camera in a long time. And this year I actually got a, a, a nice deer. Um, and he was not time, not time, not time, you know, here and there. And then finally he pops up on a, it was like a Thursday. He, he daylights at like eight 30 mm. and I'm, I'm like, Oh my goodness. So then I'm like, well, should I try him Friday or should I wait and see? Cause I work Monday through Thursday. I'm like, should I go try him Friday or should I wait and see if he, he does it again? And my wife's sister and uh, my brother-in-law are coming in to town that this same weekend. And there's a, a, yam, a sweet potato festival, yam festival here next to us. And uh, they were planning on going to that. So I'm like, I'm going to stay out of there. I'm going to see what he does Friday. So Friday, 830, I'm sitting at a gun shop t- talking to a couple of my buddies and my trail camera goes off. Uh-huh. And I'm looking for broad daylight. And I'm sick. I'm sick. <laughs> I had to drop my kids off at school that morning. I had an appointment at 930. I was just, I would, I would have been pushing it. So they came into town and I told them, I said, look, I'm sorry, but I, I got to go. I got to go try to get this. So yeah. uh, my, my wife's like, hey, go, go after it. So sure enough, uh, eight o'clock that morning he steps out and and i lay him down and i, I didn't make the yam festival but i got my deer so <laughs> nice priorities man priorities there'll be that, another yam festival yeah oh yeah she yeah. she support she was supporters of, of this duck too she wanted me to get him so she was she was like hey i'll watch the kids go see if you can get him mm-hmm. so if i came to a point to where that thursday or friday i told her i said look i'm not going duck hunting in the morning I'm going to go get down in the swamp where I saw him at on the other end of the property. And I'm going to just sit there and I don't care if 400 birds land around me. I'm, I'm going to shoot him. And, uh, I got up that morning, got down in the swamp by myself and actually set up on an oak tree. Like I was turkey hunting mm-hmm. back on a tree, sitting down on the, on the base of the roots, feet in the water. And, uh, Man, the birds started just landing all over me. Had had wood ducks almost pecking my feet. Um, and I seen him when he come down through the trees and he landed out about 80 yards from me. And it took him till it was like 7.50 when he finally swam up from behind some bushes and he came out about 20 yards and I rolled him. Like and, a, of course. A you, proper water a skillet shot. Oh, yeah, yeah. Hey, uh, <laughs> Phil Robertson said it best. I'll shoot them wet, so I don't yeah. care. Dude, I don't either. <laughs> like people frown on that. I'm. Here's the deal: if you've gone through all of the work, and in this case, yeah, way exponentially more work of like stalking this duck, putting in hours and hours hunting one duck. But I, yeah. I generally look at it as like, hey, if you if you get up at four a.m. and go sit and freeze your tokus off, and you're willing to do that, if they land in the decoys, that's <laughs> a fair game, man. Oh yeah, I mean, hey, I I love the I love the decoy bird. I mean, I don't sure. mind pasture, but if if you've if you've decoyed them, if you've got them com- to commit to the water, I mean, you've completely fooled them. Yeah. Um, Even better if you can to- line up a couple of them and shoot them with one shot. 
Yeah. Exactly. Let's be honest here, people. <laughs> Ammo's getting expensive, so. Yeah. So he comes, so you, you said there's wood ducks all around you. Yeah. How, I mean, how still you have to be to not spook those birds. That would be like. I, yeah. I was just like I was turkey hunting. I mean, I was butting them the whole nine. I had my face mask pulled up, and I'm sitting there, gun on the knee, just still as could be, just waiting. And um, and it was crazy because when he he just so happened, I could have shot him before then, but he was off to my right and left. And I've got 80 to 100 birds all around me. And they're finally starting to kind of, you know, dwindle out and swim off feeding on the acorns and stuff. And uh, and I was like, I can't move because I'm, I'm going to get spotted and, yeah. and bust him. So when he finally swam up in front of me and I shot, all the birds that were around me like flew up 10 feet and sat back down because they had no idea what had happened <laughs> until I up off of that tree hooping and hollering and running to the point. <laughs> Yeah, it was it was pretty exciting. Oh, that's awesome! So you pick him up. Hey, like you said, he's not totally white. I don't have the picture yep. in front of me, but he has some wood duck markings <clears throat> on like his wings, right? Yeah. So it, if the side of his head, you, even though it's white, he's got a green patch on the side of his head there. Super cool. And you can see the two bands coming up. Um, you can see some green on his comb a little bit. Half of his beak is faded like white at the end. Um, and then he's all white down the chest. And then as it goes down his back, it starts speckling into what should be dark green feathers or mm -hmm. black feathers. They start kind of speckling in. And then his side, he's got those uh, like those pretty golden, um, the golden feathers that kind of wrap up over the wing it kind of fades into that color. So it, it ain't like he's really, it's just wild, man. I mean, it's like, he's actually, he's, he's like pea ball, eyeball, yeah. whatever you call it, calico. Uh, you, even his feet. Even his feet. Yeah. Even his feet. Uh, if you look at the webbing in between the, the webbins, there'll be like a regular wood duck color. And then the rest of his feet is just like a pale yellowish orange. Mm -hmm. Like it's, it don't even look normal. Have you had any biologists reach out or like tell you how rare it is or if anybody's ever seen one of these before? So that's been kind of a, a weird thing that's still in the works as of right now. Um, I had some guys from Europe and some guys from Canada that um, I have spoke to and reached out to. And so they're saying that they've only seen it in captivity hmm. um, and that it was from like a, it's a mutation from uh, father daughter breeding over generations. Mm. And to they said there's only and to there's their a, knowledge. It's an Arkansas duck. Well, yeah, or West, <laughs> West Virginia. Um, yeah, but um, so they're saying to their knowledge that it's like uh, there's only two aviaries breeders in Canada that have them. There's none in the United States, and both of them have said, hey if we haven't lost any birds and if we did lose them, um, they would be banded and they would have a dew claw clipped off. This bird mm -hmm. has both dew claws and didn't have a band. Um, but then talking to biologists, they're like, Oh yeah, we've seen this. We've seen this before. And mm -hmm. uh, you know, so, um, I've, I've reached out to a couple different biologists. I'm actually waiting on the, uh, 
He is the migratory uh, bird management guy in North Carolina, mm-hmm. and um, out to a guy with the uh, FWS, the you know federal guys, and yeah. um, getting back in touch with me soon. And because I told him, I said, "Look, I, I mean, I just want to know if it's something that's real common." cool um but it seems like to me that it you know i haven't seen it even if yeah. you google like there's one picture of like a teal a green wing teal that comes up that it looks kind of like this wood duck does but i've never seen anything like it mm. so i've never shot a band and i've never shot and this was going to be my one of my questions for you but you already you already told the story uh and i've never shot a super rare duck but last year i shot a brewer's duck which is a gadwall mallard hybrid and yeah, i jumped that- the tank and i had my my this was my dog's first season uh and uh i just was like i gotta get her some ducks we'd been deer hunting jump the tank there's probably 30 ducks on it and i shoot one duck and it's she brings back this brewer's duck but it was it wasn't dead so she's chasing it and she ended up ripping out like three or four of its tail feathers which oh, I, I, once i once she brought it back i was like oh my god what you know i don't know what this is you know, didn't take long to figure it out, but I was, once I realized it was a hybrid, I was, you know, looking all over for those, those feathers. And I, I ended up collecting them all and putting them in the bag and the taxidermist was like, I can sort it out for you as long as you have them. So, yeah, that's uh, cool. but yeah, so Casper didn't, he didn't get a retrieve. No, him. no, yeah. he I actually walked right over and, and picked him up and, um, man, it was, it was something else. Um, yeah. FaceTime the FaceTime a couple buddies, FaceTime the wife, and yeah, and and it was it was a, it was a good time. We brought him home and actually stuck him on the uh, stuck him on the island bar in the kitchen and uh, ate breakfast while we sit there and looked at him. <laughs> <laughs> That's so cool, man! Yeah, so cool. cool. I've never hunt. I've never heard of uh, of anyone deer hunting ducks, uh, but uh, this this bird certainly deserved it. And I just thought yeah. it was a super cool, fascinating story. Congrats on well, I always say congrats on the buck of a lifetime. Congrats on the duck of a lifetime for a, for a hardcore waterfowler. It's uh you know it's it's better than shooting a two hundred inch deer. It's got to be there's uh there's a lot of two hundred inch deer that get shot. There ain't a lot of caspers out yeah. there. Yeah, there ain't a lot of caspers. That's that's my buddy. He he kind of you know after I shot it, he was like, man, he's like that's that's like you shot a two hundred inch whitetail, and I was like, yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, it's it's it was different, and then. Like we said, we started talking about it, and I was like, "Man, there's no other way to describe it other than than chasing a big deer." I mean, you know, mm-hmm. you could actually pick this single duck out and go after it. And I was just lucky enough to for him to stick around for you know four or five days there. And right, let me see. that's the other thing. Like as waterfowlers, we know the, the ducks come and go on a whim. One day they're there, yeah. the next they're gone. I'm sure that was playing in your mind too. Like, I got to get him before he bounces out of here. Yeah. Oh um, yeah. So, yeah. Um, you mentioned to me in uh, our messaging that you have a podcast. You want to plug that? Yeah. So, um, so if you see my hat, uh, Team Wrecking Crew, um, that was actually started by Daryl Hodge and Blake Hodge um, mm-hmm. out of South Carolina. They started that and they kind of brought me along on board. And um, we've actually got a uh, Blake started a podcast. It's called the Spent Shells Podcast. Uh-huh. Um, iTunes and everything else um we've we actually just uh they came up Friday and we went duck hunting together and we did a podcast on this bird too um nice. but we 
I'd cast on our turkeys and, and everything. We'd, we, you know, deer hunts, turkey hunts, go all over the United States, chasing waterfowl, um, New York shooting geese. You know, he's done the slam. He's done a mule deer hunt and everything else. So uh, then we got a YouTube channel um, that's under the Blake Hodge. Um, so we got like my five-year-old, uh, well, when he was five years old, his turkey hunts on there. Um, oh, nice. This good. <laughs> So spent, the spent shells podcast and yep, YouTube the, channel. Okay. Shells podcast. And then the YouTube is uh the Blake Podge. And then of course, uh, Instagram team WC and uh team wrecking crew on Facebook. Sweet. I like that name. Spent shells. It's good. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Well, right on, man, Josh, I appreciate the time. Uh, thanks for sharing your story. Uh, thanks to your wife for being supportive and, and letting you chase this guy. Uh, super Absolutely. cool and uh yeah congrats dude yeah i appreciate it man yeah take care all right you too so there you have it the tale of casper the wood duck <laughs> once in a lifetime once in a million once in 10 million 100 million i don't know how many wood ducks have there been in the last century where we could actually have something like this documented because I've never seen anything like this duck. Uh, super cool and one that would definitely keep me up at night just like it did uh, Josh. and Just like a big deer. And But the difference being uh, a big buck keeps me up every fall. Uh, there's always one. This duck? Eh, they don't come around like that. Uh, so cool stuff on that front. Uh, thanks to Josh. Thanks to Henry Guy Smith as well for uh, begrudgingly joining Dad on the show. Thanks to, who brought, who was our sponsor for that segment? Big and J Whitetail Attractants. And all of our sponsors, actually, for making this show possible. Thanks to you, the listener, for being a part of SCI's Lone Star Outdoors show. Until next time, I'm Cable Smith saying, y'all have a great week in the outdoors. So down the road I go, forever onward I know, forever onward I'll go. Searching, I know.